0: Starting at verse 35 to 41. And it's titled Jesus Comes a Storm. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind them, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet be still then the wind died down and it was completely calm he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith they were terrified and asked each other who is this even the wind and the waves obey him
1: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm a little bit sidetracked after watching that video, aren't you? (laughs) I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, how do they do that? So beautiful to watch. How about we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we've had read to us. And the authority that it is in our lives. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts this morning as we go through this passage of Jesus calming the storm. Father, we ask uh, for your blessing, that we would respond in faith for Jesus' sake and his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Friends, the story of Jesus calming the storm is a fascinating one, isn't it? And it's recorded three times in the Gospels for our instruction. It's in Matthew 8, it's in Luke 8, and indeed in Mark chapter 4. It's a story that needed to be told because it has a strong message for us today. Jesus is abruptly woken from his sleep and after assessing the situation rearranges the weather and rebukes his disciples. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Luke would say in his account where is your faith? And Matthew, you of little faith, why are you afraid? And they are, you'll agree, big questions. Big questions Jesus puts to his disciples, his followers, his friends. And you get the drift, don't you, that Jesus is dismayed at their lack of faith. Disappointed with them, really. And when you think about it, rightly so. Jesus had demonstrated in his ministry with them that he was trustworthy. You'll remember that Jesus handpicked his disciples by inviting them to come and follow him. Jesus had carefully selected every one of them. And with divine authority, he invites them to come and follow him. You, you, and you. This was an invitation that could not be refused. And so they dropped everything and followed him. And the Lord Jesus became their leader, their teacher, and their Lord. And they had no idea, really, what was in store for them as they began in their journey to follow him. Their master had revealed to them that he was special someone they had never encountered before. They had seen him heal the sick, cast out demons, and even raise the dead. They had experienced firsthand that their master, the Lord Jesus, had the ability to teach and preach with authority as they've never heard before. Parables. And he would explain them to them later. He would teach in a way that all who listened to him were filled with awe and marvelled at his teachings. They were astonished at his miracles and it affected them. Jesus often spoke about a kingdom that would last forever And it intrigued them. He spoke of forgiveness. They had listened to that wonderful sermon on the mount as we know it. That spoke of truths that were so new to them. So beautiful to listen to. Because they spoke to the human heart. They were taken back by his compassion for people. Jesus had demonstrated a love for mankind that was so different that they had ever experienced before. They had observed his willingness to attend to the needs of people that came across his path. And as mentioned, they had witnessed his authority on the supernatural, doing the supernatural, miracles as we know them not only with the people who followed him in their droves, but also with themselves. You may recall the passage in Luke 5, where they had been fishing all night and caught nothing. And Jesus tells them to drop their nets into deep water. Peter pipes up and says, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. And with the authority ringing in his ears, Peter concedes, because you say, I will do it. And the rest is history, as you know, fish everywhere. And every evening, as they were preparing for their beds, they must have marvelled at what had happened that day. They would have discussed that amongst themselves, What does he mean, attending to the needs of that Samaritan woman? To forgive your enemies, to love them. What does that mean? And as they were thinking it through and discussing it with themselves, I assume they could only conclude that what Jesus said was indeed true and so they were on a a journey of their lives so to speak learning quickly and they were beginning to know him and to trust him well in our passage before us this morning they weren't laying on their beds that night were they On the contrary, they were fearing for their lives. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Well, these things happen, don't they? Anyone who's had a boat will know about that. And the Lord Jesus must have had a tear in his eye when he was awoken abruptly and saw the predicament that they were in when he asked why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, what's wrong with you lot? He must have felt rejected by his closest friends. It appears that all they had experienced with him All that they had seen him do and say, they still did not believe him. You see, friends, in the beginning of our text, Jesus had said, Let's go to the other side. That's where we're going. To the other side. Not to the bottom of the lake. Take note, Jesus did not say, how about going to the other side? Or do you think your boat would make it to the other side? Nothing like that. All he said, let us go to the other side. That's where we're going. Matthew in his Gospel would write it this way. You can read it in chapter 8. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. So it was an order, or better, a command. And we can learn that whatever Jesus says is said with authority, divine authority. Whether it be the Lord's Prayer or take up your bed and walk or your faith has made you well or in this case let's go to the other side it is said with authority. And his disciples had yet to discover that for themselves or at least they did not take Jesus seriously at his word. They did not believe that they would get to the other side. They thought they were going to drown. What unbelief. Well, unbelief is one thing. But to blame someone else for it is another matter. Verse 38, teacher, don't you care if we drown? care little did they know he was about to shift heaven and earth in order to save them and they were wondering if he cared he was about to surrender his life that they would not perish or drown but live with him forever And they were wondering if he cared. What contempt. So where do we fit in this passage? Can I ask, where is your faith? Or am I jumping the gun? Are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus? Have you accepted The divine invitation that was extended to you to come and follow Him. Have you done just that and dropped everything and followed Him? Or do the words of our Lord Jesus ring true when He says, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Let us go to the other side where the words the Lord Jesus said to his disciples. And he's more or less said that to us, hasn't he? John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. The Lord Jesus has prepared a place. You know the way. Friends, we too, going to the other side we will be with the Lord forever like the disciples we too are crossing that lake towards the other side so the question is why is it that we often have the attitude that life is like a river cruise heading off into the sunset to the other side, supposedly, sitting on our deck chairs, quite comfortable enjoying the scenery, totally unprepared for what may lay ahead. The first storm and its panic stations and everything appears lost and often We're looking for someone to blame. Is this what the Lord Jesus meant when he said, come follow me? The Lord Jesus would want us to take him seriously. After all, he's the captain. He has set the course. He knows what lays ahead. And he simply wants us to trust him. To be prepared for what may lay ahead. Friends, life is a storm. We can all relate to that. That means we need to be prepared. That we put our life jackets on. That we have our compass set, that we have our charts close by, pointing out the obstacles that may come our way. That we would function as a crew, with our destination in the forefront of our minds. Friends, where are you in all this? Have you encountered a storm in your life? That threatens to engulf you or could it be you're still sitting on the deck chair blissfully unaware of what may lay ahead perhaps you've run aground and the other side seems so far away or you may be frustrated The events in your life that cause you to blame the captain, like the disciples did in our text. Don't you care, Lord, what I'm going through? Isn't it interesting that the Lord Jesus is asleep in this situation? The back of the boat sleeping with his head on a cushion. For Jesus, every day was a storm. Or better, a challenge. Every day Jesus was confronted with the brokenness of this world and every day he attended to the needs that stared him in the face. The lame, the blind, the sick, the dead, the smart religious teachers with all their tricky questions. And he did so... Because his focus was on the kingdom of his heavenly father. That's what it's all about. The Lord Jesus had a big day. And at the end of it, he was tired. So he directed his disciples to set sail for the other side. He left the disciples to the task of sailing to the other side and fell asleep. The Lord Jesus had full confidence knowing where they were going. He had full control of the situation. But he also knew that one day he would not be with them. One day they would have to be on their own. Sure, he would send another counsellor. He would leave him his spirit But he wanted them to trust him, to obey him, to believe in him. And with the Lord Jesus asleep, it would be a trial. But they failed, didn't they? They gave up. Thankfully, he did not give up on them. He persisted with them. Such was his love. You see, the love of God is that he has everyone's eternal well-being at heart. You get that? God's love is that he has everyone's eternal well-being at heart. And Jesus demonstrated that. The Lord Jesus who made us his own by paying dearly with his blood securing our future wants us to trust him completely. He wants us to obey him. Continually focusing on his kingdom. Friends it's a challenge and if you think I've got it all together myself. You'd be mistaken. (laughs) And I don't know what you're going through in life. I think we've all got our challenges. And we've all failed. Like the disciples. We've not always taken the Lord Jesus seriously at his word. But one thing I do know, that the Lord Jesus loves us deeply. His faithfulness is forever there, true to his word. His willingness to forgive. The Lord Jesus did not give up on his disciples, thankfully. His love for them was too great. And he will not give up on us in what he has started in us. In our text we're told that he rebuked the wind and the waves. He restored peace. What great love. They deserve to drown when you really think about it. but his love was too great for that. He knew their struggles like he knows ours. So let me encourage you no matter where you're at in life to rekindle your hope and confess your lack of faith and let him pour his love into your hearts that you too may experience true peace what a better way than to surrender to his authority and experience newness of heart Christmas is round the corner and the world can be reminded of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ And the reason why he came into this world. The Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed Saviour. And just before his death, he was forsaken by God that we might never. He drowned that we might never drown. And just before he drowned for you and me, he uttered those beautiful words. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Friends, they are words of a believer. May we do likewise and commit our spirits, our lives, our everything into the hands of our loving Saviour. Friends, there's a beautiful finale to this story. Do you know what it is? Chapter 5, verse 1. They got there. That's the promise. The Lord Jesus would ensure that we too are heading to the other side. He'll bring us there. We know the way. He has secured a place. Let's be grateful for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your amazing love reflected in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as the disciples were desperate in dealing with their situation, the Lord Jesus attended to their needs. And Father, we thank you that this also applies to us father you have never promised to take the storm out of our lives but only the storm out of our hearts and father we thank you for that and so Lord encourage us to remain focused in how we live our lives before you focusing On the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.